0: the buzz and tell me what's happening. This is the PyroLite Fantasy Football Podcast Episode 61. We are here with the Divisional Round DFS Edition. So we've got one more. Pyro Light podcast to bring you. We're going to be doing the Pyro Light as long as you can play DFS, and that's what we're here to do. So, again, we're going to be living up to the name this week. We've got a short version. It is just Mo Solo again. You can follow me on Twitter. That's at PyromaniacMo, P Y R O M A N I A C M O. That is all letters. All right, like I said, second to last week, you can play. DFS. But before we get into it, I want to encourage you guys to leave us a review. You can find all the Pyro Podcasts on iTunes, Spreaker, we're on Google Play, we're over at Stitcher, Podcast Addict, and our beloved blog, Talk Radio. Wherever you encounter the Pyro Podcasts, whether it be the Light or the Heavy, also known as the Fantasy Football Fire, leave us a review. Tell us what you think. It does help us uh, increase our stature. Get clicks, as it were, and uh, we help give you the goo. Give us a review. Here is a recent one on iTunes from JCC8789. There really aren't a lot of podcasts that give you streaming, DFS, season long, and a good mix of it all. It's easy to listen to, gives you good info, and research to back up their takes. Thank you, JCC8789. Folks, as I said, leave us a review. We're slinging the goo to you, so do us a favor. Give us a review. In fact, if you want to be entered into one of our uh, contests that we do from time to time, go ahead and send the review. Do a screen grab. Send it over to Mozambique at pyromaniac.com. I will enter you in our latest, I suppose, contest that we're having. The last one we did, uh, we gave away some... Posters from Walter Payton, or I should say a uh, local Chicago artist that did uh, limited edition 85 Walter Payton posters, and we gave three of those away, and we're going to be cooking up something soon especially in the off-season when we want to increase our listeners. So, leave us a review, send it over to M-O-Z-A-M-B-I-Q-U-E, that's Mozambique, at pyromaniac.com, I will be sure to enter you. All right. before we get going with our DFS and our Vegas look, you heard a little Pink Floyd, some old-school Pink Floyd. That was gold, it's in the, with a question mark, on Obscured by Clouds, not your normal Pink Floyd's song that's why I threw it out there it was down to that one or another one which I'm just gonna hold till next week because dang I am a Floyd head all right guys we got boy only four games uh two Saturday two Sunday so let's look at what Vegas is telling us we got Seattle Atlanta first the over unders forty nine here Atlanta's the home team and they are the home favorites favored by three point five now the over under has been rising as is the spread in favor of Atlanta. I'm going with all the opening points because anything after that, or the opening spread, I should say, anything after that is really influenced by betting trends. So, again, I'm going with all the opening numbers, but everything is rising. The over-under is rising, and uh, Atlanta's spread is rising, rising. Now, in the Falcons' last eight home games, they hit the over every single time. And this one's from TJ Hernandez. Over the course of the season, Atlanta has scored an average of eight points above their implied team total, especially early in the season. Vegas just was not on to them, and they were uh, bringing in the points as they did all season. So, uh, really, the implied team total has only caught up to Atlanta the second half of the year. So they've been really underrated. Now, they've got an implied team total just over 26, 26.25. Seattle, just south of 23 in this one. So I, I like both plays on that side, even though it's the second highest over under. According to Vegas, I think this one could be the highest game shootout of the week. We'll be talking about this one. Next on Saturday, Saturday you got Houston at New England. I can't remember a spread this high. 16 points. I am sure that is the highest of the season. I also heard out there, it since the merger, I think it's like the third highest ever, which I can't substantiate that or verify that, but it is up there. 16 points. Now, it's at New England. 45 is the expected point total of this one. So the over-under is at 45. That leaves an implied point total for New England of 30.5. Five. That's certainly the highest implied total of the week. This game, again, carries the highest spread of the week at 16. Despite Houston being a stout run D, you can just see the Texans not being able to hang on into this one. So to me, game script is, is screaming Blunt's name, but I could even see going to Lewis a little bit, and I'll talk about that a bit later. Houston only has barely... implied team total, so Vegas is basically expecting Houston to barely score two touchdowns, with New England putting up at least four, so that's the definition of a blowout. The Sunday games. Pittsburgh and Kansas City. Pittsburgh is actually the road favorite. They're favored by two in this one. The over-under is 46.5, so that leaves Pittsburgh the road team. Traveling to Arrowhead, with an implied team total just south of 24, and Kansas City implied team total just south of 23. That one is going to be an interesting one. I could see Kansas City. This is going to be interesting for DFS. I can see a scenario here where Kansas City is able to hang on and win this one, which could be good for DFS players if you're willing to take the chance on some Kansas City guys and pivot off of Pittsburgh. We will get there. Green Bay at Dallas. Dallas, of course, they are home. They are four-point favorites. you get got the highest over-under of the week, the only game expected to go over 50. This one opened up at 51.5. Dallas has the second-highest implied team total of the week, south of that green, or I'm sorry, south of the Patriots game, expected at 30.5 for New England. Dallas here is expected just south of 28 implied team points. For Green Bay, just south of 24 implied team points. Now, trend-wise... The over has been the trend in recent Green Bay games, and under has been the trend in recent Dallas games. So, when playing a small DFS slate, one, I like to stay away from cash. Cash, you're shooting for sure things, and there just aren't that many players to give you sure things. I like to chase volume and floor in cash games, and when you just have fewer players, you've got fewer um, opportunity for steady volume. You're taking more gambles. So I'm really more of a GPP player. I'm not playing as many GPP games as I normally do. But again, looking at the trend here, you see that Green Bay, again, even though that Vegas loves them, they have gone over recently. Aaron Rodgers has been on fire. and Dallas, though, they've been under. So, when playing a small slate, I really want to try to identify the game script, or what is, out of all the varying outcomes, what is within the range of perhaps most likely. Now, in this game, if Dallas is going to win, and Dallas has hit the under lately, I think They will try to take the air out of the ball. Dallas, remember, they are second in time of possession. So this is not something they are uh, unaccustomed to doing. They do this often. That's why they're second in time of possession. They let Zeke run the ball. They play D. They get behind that big offensive line of theirs. And I think if they're going to win this one, heck, you're going to need to keep it away from Aaron Rodgers and some of those weapons. So they're really going to try to control the clock, take the air out of the ball. Now, I tried to get on the game script last week of this Green Bay game. I faded Rodgers, and for a while, it looked really good. Heck, at one point, late in the first half last week, at one point, the Giants had accumulated, I think it was 194 yards to 7 from Green Bay. And then on that drive, OBJ dropped a touchdown pass. Same drive, Sterling Shepard dropped one in the end zone. They were kept out of the end zone on that drive, and the next series... Is when Dominic Rogers Cromartie got hurt and the game shifted. But until then, I was on the game script. So this week, that's what I'm trying to do here. And I honestly can see if Green Bay they've got a lot of weapons even without Jordy when Aaron Rodgers is hot. But if Dallas wants to win this one, they're going to rely on Zeke. They're going to chew up the clock and they're going to keep it away from Rodgers. Uh, I'm also going to try and game stack the Atlanta-Seattle, as I talked about. I can see that one, as I said, being the highest scoring of the week. And because Big Ben is away from home, I'm going to play the likely game scenario. If Kansas City is going to win, Big Ben won't have a good game. Not many people are going to be on Kansas City players. So those are some of the options I'm taking. I really think you want to try, especially with the small slate, to try and play a game script, to try and play a likely scenario. If that scenario hits, it's going to be uh, behoove you to play lots of guys from that game script. So I'll talk about that as we go, but that's the way I'm kind of calling it. Dallas is going to win, they're going to be ball control, and run the ball. If Kansas City's going to win, they're going to have to do the same thing. And I think that Atlanta-Seattle game could end up being the highest scorer of the week. So that's where I'm going to try to get my plays. So let's start talking DFS, shall we? But before we do, let's do a little trivia. All right, gang, this is trivia question number one. Something for you to think about as we pay the bills and play the first Commercial coming up. We got Wild Card Week review here. Last week, first round of the playoffs, five different wide receivers racked up double digit targets. Can you tell me which one of those five put up one yard per target? Think about that as you listen to this. We will be right back on the Pyro Light Fantasy Football Podcast, episode 61. Welcome back, pyromaniacs, and just wanted to take the note to tell you or take the time to give you this note that I am here because we had a snow day today, or better yet, we had an ice day today, so got the whole family here, my folks are upstairs, so in case you hear any romping going on, that's just good old family fun happening upstairs, but I implore you to look beyond the noise that you may hear. All right, back to the d f s tacos. That's what we are here for now, as I said before break, there was one, only one of the five receivers last week who were targeted double digits who had at least ten targets. There was one of those receivers that was only able to put up one yard per target, which wide receiver was it dun, dun, dun. Amari Cooper, man. Ten targets, just ten yards. So, will the likes of A.J. Bouye and Kareem Jackson and Jonathan Joseph be able to pull it together for Angry Tom and the Brady Five, or, as they're known in the NFL, against the New England Patriots? We shall see. Vegas does not think so, but they did a number last week on Cooper. Ten targets, ten yards, just two catches. Ouch. All right, so as I said, we are here for the the DFS show. We just looked at what Vegas is telling us, so now we're turning to the DFS plays. At the quarterback spot, I am looking at. Well, I, I've got four guys written down here. Now Rogers, look, he's the most expensive on either site, eighty eight hundred on FanDuel, eighty two hundred on DraftKings. To me. I don't know that he's going to be the best player if I don't know... I don't know if he's going to get you value, right? I don't think you're going to get 3x value out of him. Maybe he's been doing great lately, but as I said, I'm going with the game script. Now, there is a likely game scenario that Green Bay blows him out of the water, shoots him up. I still think they are going to, obviously, put up the points. It's Green Bay, but he's more than likely going to be down Jordy Nelson. And if... Dallas is going to really pull through this. I think they're going to do it with Zeke and behind that line. I don't think it's going to be a great game for Dak. I think he'll do just fine, but I think it's going to have to be an Ezekiel Elliott game. So that's the way I'm backing it. Again, I think you need to pick a game script or two and ride that. That's the way I'm looking at DFS. If the game script doesn't work out, well, then it might not. But if you can lock down just one or two game scripts, and play multiple guys in that game, and it works, then you should be able to ride that all the way to the bank, baby, and that's what we're here for. So I'm not really going on Rodgers. Now, if I'm playing more than maybe six tournaments, I would certainly have a little bit of Rodgers, but I'm going to be underweight, and I don't even think I'm playing that many this week, which is unusual for me. Now, Brady, I'll probably get a little bit of Brady there. He's 8,600 on FanDuel, 7,600 on DraftKings. He is second on both sites. To me, though, again, the likeliest game scenario here, because you've got 16-point spread for the Patriots, and you've got an angry Brady. I'm not saying he's not going to score, but I don't think Houston is going to score with him. So sooner rather than later, The Patriots are going to find themselves up in this game, and that's when they're going to rely on Blunt. Remember, Blunt, out of all running backs, has the most red zone attempts, far more than anyone. I'm not looking at it right now, but I know I've got it written down later. I think he has 68 red zone attempts. The number two back, David Johnson, has 53. And, of course, Blunt leads all running backs in. Uh, touchdowns. To me, that's the likely game scenario. So I'm really using game scenario this week to back my plays. I'm not saying my game scenario picks are going to be correct, but if they are, I should do well. Matt Ryan. I am getting a piece of him. As I said, I think this one could easily be the highest scoring game of the week. Matt Ryan. He's third most expensive, I believe, on both sites. He is 8,300 on FanDuel, 7,000 on DraftKings. He is home. And Atlanta is expected to score just over 26. They are the second highest implied team total. But as I said, thanks to TJ Hernandez for this one, Atlanta on the season scored on average eight points higher than their implied team total. So Atlanta is often going over that and they're expected to score 26. Again, I could see this one being the highest scoring game of the week. According to, which means Matt Ryan's going to pass, of course, and according to Pro Football Focus, all three of the Atlanta starting wide receivers have a favorable matchup with their respective cornerbacks. Another big thing in this one, I think, is the loss of Earl Thomas. This cannot be understated enough, especially on the opponent's vertical passing attack. We know Seattle's always been a little susceptible to mid-range passes over the middle, so, a slot guys have done well, tight ends have done well against Seattle. But without Earl Thomas, they can get beat deep. And I really think Julio can get deep. And I can see Matt Ryan going to him early and often. I like the points that they've been putting up. And that's a game script I'm going to back. Hear me out on this one. Here's the other one. Now, I'm only talking GPP. I wouldn't do this in cash. Not like I really have uh, an affinity for the man, but. Mr. Alex Smith, 6800 on FanDuel, 5,400, $5,400 on DraftKings. I believe he is cheapest on FanDuel, and I think he's the second cheapest on DraftKings. Faced Pittsburgh earlier this season, did Alex Smith. Put up 287 yards, two TDs, one INT. I believe that was his second best yardage day of the season. Now, you could be looking at the lowest owned quarterback. Or certainly the second lowest owned quarterback of the week. Now, if indeed Kansas City makes this a game, and Vegas has this as the closest of all games on the four game slate, so if Kansas City makes it a game, then I think a likely scenario or a likely stat output for Smith is 270 yards, two TDs. Not forgetting he can get it done with his legs as well. So considering you're going to save quite a bit. For your quarterback, I'm talking 2800 less than Aaron Rodgers on DraftKings. Just think of what that coin will buy you at the other positions. Again, it's not so much I think Alex Smith is going to blow up, but I can certainly see him having a respectable floor, maybe 16, 17 points, and then you're enabling the rest of your roster to take it home for you because you're going to be able to spend up. So that's my game scenario in that Kansas City one. So as I said, with my quarterbacks, I'm going to have primarily Matt Ryan and Smith. Certainly I'll make room for Brady. If I'm going more more lineups than five or six, I'll make room for Rodgers. But Matt Ryan and Smith are my two guys. Again, this is all GPP talk. All right, let's move over to the running back spot. At the running back spot, this is where you're looking to more than likely... Do your most spending. Although there's quite a few wide receivers I'd like to spend up on as well. Uh, Lev Bell, I tell you though, he's almost pricing himself out of uh, too many lineups. He's 9,900 FanDuel, 10,500 on DraftKings. Perhaps the chalkiest play, look at what he did last week. He's just a behemoth. He's a monster. I certainly want him if I'm playing cash, without a doubt. Even in GPP, he's just that good. In their last seven games, Kansas City's allowed eight different PPR backs to rack up double-digit days against them. However, they got Houston back. As good as Bell is, I could see once again going with my game script scenario. If KC is able to do it, keep them—that is Pittsburgh—to low scoring at Arrowhead. Keep the ball away from those offensive weapons. Use where uh, use Alex Smith to get it going. Then I could see Lev Bell not having a great day. If indeed that happens. And I would be willing to bet he's going to be the most owned running back out there. If that happens, just think of all the leverage you're going to get above the field that plays Le'Veon Bell. So that's what I'm looking to do. I'm looking to get a guy like Zeke. He's 8,500 on both sites. That's 2,000 less on DraftKings than Le'Veon Bell. Again, game script. Dallas on the season was second in time of possession. That's exactly the kind of game they want to employ here. Use that big line. Take time off the clock and take air out of the ball. Keep it away from Aaron Rodgers. Run, Zeke, run, baby. I could easily see him getting 20 to 25 touches this game, or maybe 25 looks at least. Uh, That is indeed the game script if it goes the way I think. Now, considering he is 2,000 less than Bell on DraftKings, I really think you're going to get a similar, if not better, performance. Again, going with my game script scenario, Dallas going to chew the ball, run the clock. Lev Bell not going to do that because they're going to have to pass in Arrowhead. They're not going to have the time if Kansas City ends up winning this game. It's going to be a much closer, lower scoring game if Kansas City has their way. So, again, I'm pivoting off Bell, although I do like him, and I'm going to have some ownership of him. But if I'm playing one lineup, I think I'm going to sneak Zeke in there, pivot off of Bell, see if I can't leverage that way. I also like, I'm going to just toss out a bunch of names here, but I do really like Mr. Freeman. I've liked him all season. 7,600 on FanDuel, 5,900 on DraftKings. He's a great DraftKings play because he's so involved in the pass. DraftKings, you get full point PR, I suppose, Uh, he makes for a nice pairing with Lev Bell because he is cheaper if you're going for that Lev Bell route. I I do think he makes for a very nice pairing with Zeke, and I I do have him in a lineup or two with Zeke. He's been one of my favorites all year in cash, and I'm going to use him in GPP. Now, as I said, this game could easily be the highest scoring game of the week, and with Freeman, boy, you've got exposure to to air touchdowns and ground touchdowns because he gets... Uh, So much action on the ground and through the air. So I think Freeman is a really good play. I also like Blunt and How Can You Not. Uh, I I like Blunt. He's 5,800 DraftKings, 7,300 on FanDuel. I also like Deion Lewis, though. So let me talk about these two guys almost simpatico. Deion Lewis, 5,600 on FanDuel. So roughly 1,700 less. 3,900 on DraftKings. So 1,900 less. Now facing Houston, as are these two Patriot boys, at home. Now, Houston, who is on the road, one of 12 teams that, on average, did not surrender triple-digit rushing days. So, on average, they were one of 12 teams, Houston, that did not allow 100-yard performances uh, by their opposition. Now, Blunt, just keep this in mind, he's missed back-to-back practices Wednesday and Thursday with an illness. Keep an eye on it. Now, I have not seen anything that indicates he's going to miss the game, but back-to-back practices is a bit worrisome. So just make sure it, it seems to be an illness. I don't think anybody's expecting him to miss the game, but it, just be aware of this. If indeed he's out, then I really like uh, Mr. Dion Lewis. Up until last week, Lewis, he was really getting the work. In weeks 16 and 17, he had a minimum of 15 carries. Up to that point, 15 was the most he's ever had. He had over 15 books, both fifth, weeks 15 and 16, so they've really been relying on him lately. So for a guy on DraftKings that's been getting 15 carries a game on the Patriots, that scores week in and week out among the most, you can get their running back for under 4,000. I'm going to take that all day long. The only hesitation here. Not going to be overweight on him. It is a 16-point spread, and usually those mean Blunt games. I've been talking game script here, and this one, again, you got to go with Blunt. But really quick, if you're playing multiple lineups, again, I like Lewis as a pivot play because he has been getting the ball. I like Lewis just to uh, pivot off of Blunt because you know there's going to get some scoring done. I'm going to be more overweight on Blunt. More underweight on Lewis, but imagine this scenario real quick. What if you started them both? This is a team that's expected to have the highest implied point total of the week, over 30. Now, every time one gets a first down, that just elongates the options and the volume for the other. So I don't think it really hinders one another. Plus, what you want to have happen early is Lewis to get a touchdown via the ground or via the pass, and then Blunt's going to get his uh, third quarter, fourth quarter. I like both guys. I could really see a scenario where you play both. But again, if you're playing fewer lineups, Blunt is your man. He's been a TD machine. Again, keep an eye out on uh, the wait- or on uh, the news feeds. I will be doing the news feeds this week uh, as per usual along with the heartbeat who's uh keeping you guys posted onto what's shaking in the nfl and if indeed there is news about blunt we will certainly let you know but boy how could you not go with him he is the most used back in the red zone as i said 68 red zone carries that is uh well above 15 over the number two in that category david johnson with 53 red zone carries so bell I'm sorry, Blunt has 68 red zone carries, which led the NFL. He has 18 touchdowns, which led all. Running backs, how can you not love an angry Brady scoring the points and Blunt, the running back, to get it done? Also, I like Ware. Going with the game script again. 6,900 on FanDuel, 5,200 on DraftKings. If it's going to get done, and if Kansas City is going to win in Arrowhead, they're going to need to rely on Ware. Keep the ball away from those offensive weapons over on Pittsburgh. And remember. Big Ben is nowhere near the quarterback he is on the road as he is at home. So I can really see a scenario here where KC gives them a run for their money, keeps it closer, and limits their scoring. If all of that happens, I think Ware's going to have himself a good game. Pitt, they're giving up the fourth most yards to backs out of the backfield. They surrendered 19 touchdowns to backs over the ground and via the pass. That's through the regular season. Now, in the regular season, Pittsburgh gave up the eighth most PPR points to running backs. So, with that game script, I think where, if Kansas City's going to win, where should be heavily involved. As I said, I also like Blunt. I could even see that scenario with going with Lewis as well. And then, if, if Blunt is out, you got to go with Lewis. I like Freeman. I've liked him all year. As you know, Zeke is my guy. Bell, it's a nice play, but I'm not going to be over on Bell. I'm going to probably be under just because, again, that game script, I think it's going to be KC's to win. I also like Collins. Now, everybody's going to be on Rawls. Recency bias. We don't have a very long memory in this thing that we love, fantasy. But Collins, he's really been making more hay with what he's been given. If you remember my stats from last week, Collins' touches in the previous two weeks was 5.6 yards per touch to something like 1.7 for Rawls. Now, Collins only 3,500 on DraftKings, 5,500 on FanDuel. It is quite the contrarian play because everybody's going to be on Rawls. Rawls is not involved in the passing game whatsoever, and that's where I think Collins can make some hay this week. Facing an Atlanta team, no team in the NFL gave up as many receptions to backs out of the backfield than the Falcons, 109. Uh, That defense, the Falcons, gave up six receiving TDs to opposing backs, second most in the league. That team allowed 870 yards to... Backs coming out of the backfield, again, second most in the league. So with that, with the fact that Collins is so used in the run game, and Raul, or I'm sorry, in the pass game, Rawls is not. They're facing a team that gives it up and is very susceptible to backs coming out of the backfield, and with the recency bias that everybody's going to be on Rawls, I think this is a nice little sneaky play. Plus... Last week, again, they were heavy home favorites, and it was a heavy game or a heavy run script. Indeed, that is exactly what happened. They had the second highest spread of the week. I talked about it at the beginning when I looked at the Vegas numbers last week that I liked Seattle's running backs, and that's exactly what happened. So I'm sticking to my game script scenario. Collins could be a sneaky pivot play off of Rawls because he could get some work. That's where Atlanta is susceptible. All right, those are my running back. I'm going to turn, or I should say, before we turn to the wide receiver spot, let us ask Tarivia Question on number two. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Last year, Melvin Gordon, well, let's call it what it was. He was a disappointment. He averaged just 3.5 yards per carry. And of course, an area TD. This year, owners are singing a different song. They are singing his praises, but I ask you, dear pyromaniacs, Last year, his yards per carry was 3.5. What was Melvin Gordon's yards per carry this season? Think about that as you listen to this. We'll be right back with episode 61, the DFS version of the PyroLite podcast. Okay, folks. We already know that you love playing fantasies, so we know you're going to love to play on Draft. Draft is a simple daily fantasy app where you can do snake drafts, just like the ones you do at the start of the year, on DFS plays. They, the drafts last for just one day, and they only take a couple of minutes to complete. On Draft, you can play for free or better, yet you can play with me for some cash. Now get this, though, guys. Your chances of winning on Draft are over 200%. That's right, 200% better than your chances of winning on some of those other major DFS sites. I've been using Draft for weeks now. I'm in love with it. Uh, Last week, I was able to nab walls, and I sang all the way to the bank. Now, this week, you know who my picks are. I'm going to be all over Zeke. I'm going to be all over with some wide receivers we're going to talk about here in one moment. So why don't you join me on Draft, or you can download. Just download Draft, uh, type it in, type in Draft. It's going to be the first thing that comes up. You can get the app, or you can go to PlayDraft.com. Once you do, whether you're on the app or on PlayDraft.com, use the promo code PYRO, P-Y-R-O. So once you create an account, use that promo code PYRO. You're going to get 100% of your deposit matched in bonus. That's on draft. I will see you there. All right. I asked Melvin Gordon last year, 3.5 yards per carry, and he was a disappointment. This year, he was not. one of fantasy's top 10. However, what was his yards per carry? If you remember back from last week, I told you there was two running backs in the top ten of fantasy that did not get to four yards per carry. Indeed, Blunt was one and Melvin Gordon was the other. 3.9. 3.9 yards per carry was Melvin Gordon's average this year. And, of course, TD's was the big difference this year. And I think the loss of Danny Woodhead cannot be understated in Gordon's 2016 success. So, where are you taking Gordon next year, Pyromaniacs? It is precisely this type of question that I'm going to be diving into this season, this offseason, I should say, on the Pyro light. Uh We do... All kinds of great stuff on Pyro Light. Now, hey, I know we're not there yet. We've got one more week to go for DFS. Then I'm gonna probably kick back a little bit. But during the off season, as I said, I don't keep a set schedule. But like last year, I'm gonna pop up maybe a couple shows a month. Do fantasy football talks. We're talking to the best and brightest across the fantasy football world. We'll be bringing you a lot of draft analysis, of course and we'll be doing some free agent watch as well, talking about the impacts on fantasy. Uh, we'll look certainly at strategies for DFS, strategies for redraft, uh, basketball, of course, the NFL 10 season will be right around the corner. That's the stuff I love talking about. And, of course, all the latest and greatest from Pyromaniac. So if you're new to the pyro light, I am certainly going to recharge the batteries after the season as I know many of us are, but I will be back before too long, most likely just a few weeks, and then we're going to get things going again. I love shooting the Fantasy Breeze with guys throughout the industry in the off season, and it's a great time on the Pyro Light podcast. The off season atmosphere is a beautiful thing. Uh Pyro, we have got your back. All right, let's get back to it. We're going DFS wide receivers. Julio, Julio, Julio. How can you not be on him? As I said, playing Seattle, I can see this one being the highest scoring game of the week. I really don't think that loss of Earl Thomas can be understated enough. He was shutting down deep receivers. Julio gets a lot of his work done deep downfield. He's only 8,400 on DraftKings, 8,300 on FanDuel. Last time they played, he was not shadowed by Sherman. Again, Noel Thomas, uh, looking back on Vegas this year, as I said, this is a great one from TJ Hernandez. Atlanta averaged over eight points more than their implied team total. They have the second-highest implied team total this week. Atlanta's D, pretty rough, actually, against all fantasy-relevant positions. So I think you're going to see a shootout here. And I think Julio could be in line for a great game. I'm going to pivot off him though to another Falcon. I like Sanu. So if you're starting Ryan, I'm going to have my share of Ryan Julio stacks, but I'm going to have a Ryan Sanu stack. 5,400 on FanDuel, 4,000 on DraftKings. He's going to see a lot of Seattle slot corner Jeremy Lane. Out of all starting cornerbacks this week, Lane carries the second lowest grade, according to PFF. Now, while I could see Taylor Gabriel perhaps suffer at the hands of Sherman, I don't think Sanu will. Sanu, he's going to pivot away. Uh, I think uh, Julio will as well. He's not going to suffer too much to uh, Sherman, but I think Sanu, he has got the the brightest of all matchups against these Seattle corners. Lane is often susceptible to slot guys over the middle. That's where Sanu can get it. Seattle's always been vulnerable there, uh, tight ends to slots as well. So I like Sanu in a couple of games if you're pivoting away from Julio. Save a bit of coin, but still want that Matt Ryan stack. I also like Edelman. How can you not? Angry Tom. He's only 6,600 on FanDuel, 68 on DraftKings. He's Brady's trusted target monster. The only fear is this game doesn't get out of hand too quick. And again, that's why you know I love me some blunt. But Edelman is going to get his. I also like on that team couple other guys, really. Malcolm Mitchell, 5,600 on FanDuel, 4,700 on DraftKings. Now, here's the good. 12 targets, or 12 red zone targets in this season, and nine of those have come in December. How many has Edelman got in December? Three. Uh, Malcolm Mitchell's red zone catch rate, 75. Edelman's red zone catch rate, 40. Here's the bad. Uh, For starters, Mitchell is questionable, so keep an eye on it, or check out the news feeds on PyroLite. Also, I think he's going to get matched up with A.J. Bouye. He is top three, according to PFF, or cover corner. If that's the case, and I I do think that Mitchell, if he goes, he's going to see some uh, A.J. Bouye. Then I do like Hogan. I think Hogan can be a nice play as well. Hogan hasn't done much after his monster 129-yard performance in just week 14, three three weeks ago, roughly. He's had three games with less than 30 yards. I guess it was four weeks ago if you count the wild card. So if you're going with eight lineups or more, I'm going to get some Mitchell and I'm going to get some Hogan as well. We know that games, uh, according to Vegas, is expected to score for the Patriots over 30 points, so I want some ownership there. Edelman's certainly the highest, but then I might have a Mitchell and a Hogan. I also like Tyreek Hill. I talked about this game script. If KC's going to get it done, they're going to keep the ball away from uh, the opposing visiting Patriots. But Tyreek Hill, man, 6,600 on FanDuel, 5,500 on DraftKings. Pittsburgh, they're killer against wide receivers, but boy, if one guy's going to shake loose, it's going to be Hill, the speedster, this time of year. Defensive players' bodies are breaking down Hill. Uh, We've also seen a guy like Taylor Gabriel get it done, and I think it's with the speed. And here's the tricky thing. I like stacking a Hill with the KC defense. I'm going to talk about KC defense later, but let's say Hill gets his fourth return touchdown. Hill has three on the season. He leads all other return guys. He's got, I think it's one kickoff and two punt. If you're stacking Hill and that KCD, what a great way to double dip those special team touchdowns! I also like a big play here, Devontae Adams with no Jordy. How can you not like some of these Packers? Sixty-six hundred on FanDuel, seven thousand on DraftKings. Jordy really looks like he's going to be out. It's gonna, it would take a, a mountain to a mountain of a man, a mountain of a performance to get him in with two cracked ribs, and I think Adams is going to be the man. Heck was the man last week. Kyle just caught a lot of the touchdowns. Now, I think with his performance and recency biased our short-term memories, people are going to be overlooking Devontae Adams. I think that's a mistake. Even last week, Adams was the most targeted packer on the team. Heck, there was only one other wide receiver that had more targets all of last week more than Adams. Adams has really improved this year Rodgers has a comfort level with him. Everyone or more people are going to be on Cobb without Jordy. I think Adams is a great play. 7,000 DraftKings, but for 3,100 less, same team, Geronimo Allison, man. I love this kid. He has been vaulted without Jordy. He's going to get vaulted right into the starting spot. Tell me a Packer starting wide receiver that you can get for below three, uh, $4,000. That is Geronimo Allison. He is a cheap differentiation GPP play. I think he's gonna his ownership is going to be up with the sharper players. However, I think lots of people are going to be on Cobb. Allison could easily be the guy. Uh, he's been getting more and more trust from Rodgers, and I think he's going to have to step up. Rodgers has already talked about him having to step up. He is a great sneaky play. Some sneaky plays. I got two sneakies and one that you should be on anyway. Terrence Williams, just almost rock bottom price 3100 on DraftKings, 5500 on FanDuel, and PFF, using their wonderful wide receiver cornerback matchup chart, Williams is going to face Demarius Randall. This matchup, according to PFF, is the most favorable for wide receivers. So they rank all cornerbacks, they rank all wide receivers who they're most likely to match up against. Each guy carries a grade and then they do the sum. Some are very favorable for cornerbacks, some are favorable for wide receivers. So not only is this Favorable for the wide receiver, Terrence Williams. Out of all wide receivers, if you crunch the numbers, his is the most favorable. Why? Because Demarius Randall is indeed that bad. Out of all starting cornerbacks this week, Randall gives up the most fantasy points per route over one full point of fantasy goo for every two routes run. I love me some Williams, but I also love me some Cole Beasley. Now, he's more. 6,100 on FanDuel, 5,000 on DraftKings. So I love, uh, if I'm going to go with FanDuel, give me some Beasley. If I'm going to go with DraftKings, I'm going to take Williams. Here's why I love Beasley. Primarily, one reason, Micah Hyde. Micah Hyde, Green Bay slot corner is perhaps the worst slot corner. He is certainly up there. For one of the worst ones, I heard uh, Troy Aikman talking about Mike Hyde, how he gets all things done, and he's this jack-of-all-trades. He's terrible. Green Bay has consistently been a team to target your wide receivers with all year. And last time they faced each other, Cole Beasley caught all six of his targets for 58 yards and two touchdowns. This was his best fantasy day. Came against Micah Hyde, and that's who he's going to face. Best fantasy day of 2016. That's who he's got this week. My last pick here, as I said, it was kind of a gimme. Baldwin, 8,100 FanDuel, 7,900 DK. Once again, I'm going game script here, man. I think this game is going to be well over 50 points when it's all said and done. Atlanta. Now, when you adjust for schedule, 4 for 4 does a great job with this. When you adjust for fantasy schedule, Atlanta comes in at 26th against the wide receiver. And that's 26th in both PPR and standard formats. All season, Atlanta continually lets slot receivers have their way over the middle with them. Again, Vegas has this is the second highest scoring game, but I think this is going to be the highest scoring game. As we said with TJ Hernandez, Vegas continually underestimated what Atlanta can do, and I think Seattle is going to have to keep up with them, and I think they will because Atlanta's D is pretty porous. So I really like Baldwin in this one. He's been hot as of late. He always gets hot uh, this time of year. All right, we've got the tight end spot going to make it Fairly quick here, we've got Kelsey. How can you not like him? 7,100 on FanDuel, 6,100 on DraftKings. He's going to be the chalk play. Everybody and their mama's going to be on him. However, he only had 23 yards against Pittsburgh earlier this year. Now, if you throw a Week 17, and how could you not? That was his lowest output of the season. So I might let others have Kels. I like Graham, but he too is going to be the chalk play. Now, with, with tight ends... This is the most volatile of all fantasy positions. Why? Because it's so heavily dependent on touchdowns. If you listen to quote-unquote experts, they will all say the toughest position to grade or to predict is the tight end spot. You can have a guy that has a real decent day, but if he doesn't score a touchdown, he's not going to be in the top 10. You can have a guy who catches one pass and scores a touchdown, and he may be in that top 10. Uh, They just don't get a lot of volume, and it's very touchdown dependent. So, Why spend up at the position? Why go 6,100 for Kelsey on DraftKings when I can go down to 3,900 for Jared Cook? He's 6,400 FanDuel, as I said, 3,900 on DraftKings. Volatile position as the tight end is. They, the Packers, are heavily dependent on uh, passing touchdowns. So the tight end. Which is typically a dart throw. If you're going to throw a dart throw anyway, why not go with the guy who who has been getting a ton of targets? Nine last week. So I'm going to save my money. Go with the guy that has a lot of targets. The more targets, the greater the chance he's going to score a touchdown. It's a volatile position anyway. I want to save me some coin. Uh, his nine targets, by the way, was the most out of any tight end last week, and. It was second on the team, right behind Devonta Adams with 12. Most targeted tight end, Jared Cook. I really, I've really, been seeing reports all week. Uh, talking up Cook. I really think he's going to have a big game. It's going to be coming up, and I think it's going to be this week against Dallas. In fact, uh, I said there was a total of only five pass catchers that had more targets last team last week, and only one team. Had a higher percent of red zone touchdowns come via the pass. So I said Green Bay, they love to pass, and especially when they get in close. Look for that big-bodied tight end. That is Mr. Cook. Before I bring this thing to a close and give you my defensive picks and a few other ones for fun, let's talk trivia question number three. Okay, here we go, folks. I I did the math here. I looked back. How many wide receivers? This year finished with a thousand yards or more. How many wide receivers finished with a thousand yards or more this season? Think about that, and I will be right back. You are listening to the Pyro Light podcast. I am Pyromaniac Mo. Catch you in a few. Welcome back, guys. As I said, this is the DFS. Pyro Lights Podcast, episode 61, and since we're talking DFS, fantasy sports fans are winning huge cash prizes every day at DraftKings.com, America's favorite place to play daily fantasy sports. Daily means no season-long commitments. Play whenever you want. Pick your sport, draft your team. It's like a new season every time you play. You're never stuck with the same old guys. Over $1 billion is going to be won at DraftKings this year, and you could be the next big winner. Go to DraftKings.com now and enter the promo code PYRO. Just like Play Draft, it's P-Y-R-O. All new users to DraftKings receive a deposit matching bonus for up to $600, and they get a free $3 game voucher that's on DraftKings.com, po- promo code PYRO. All right, how many wide receivers this season had a 1,000-yard seasons? I guess, how many wide receivers this year had a 1,000-yard seasons? The answer, 23. Here's the deal. 23 had... 1,000 yards this year. That was the second most, second most amount of wide receivers that racked up over 1,000 yards in one year. Now, this was also done in 2013. There happened to be 23 wide receivers that scored over 1,000 yards. Ironically enough, it was also done in 24. So, 2016, 2013. In 2004, there was a total of 23 wide receivers that racked up over 1,000 yards. But as I said at the top, that was second most. What was the most, you ask? That was back in 2001. In 2001, 25 receivers actually scored, or I'm sorry, put up over 1,000 yards. 25 receivers. So... We have been trending towards the wide receiver for a long time, but 23, second most this season. So even though the zero RB strategy wasn't all that, it still shows you just how important the wide receiver spot is in football these days. All right, let us wrap this puppy up. Episode 61, here to talk DFS, and we're here to talk defense. That's what we got left. Certainly, Kansas City—they're going to be the chalk. Uh, Thirty-four hundred on DraftKings, forty-eight hundred on FanDuel. Second most expensive on both sites. Arrowhead is one tough mother. One tough place to play this year. Out of all remaining eight defenses, Kansas City put up the most double-digit fantasy days defensively. They had eight. Eight games. 50% of their regular season games, Kansas City was able to put up double-digit DraftKings points. Finally, in the next closest, by the way, was six, Pittsburgh. But, of course, they're on the road, and they're playing Kansas City. Now, I said this earlier with Tyreek. Hill, he alone has three returns. Kansas City has the most return TDs this season with three. It's a nice stack with Hill. You can double-dip those points. But Kansas City, they're also tied with the Patriots for the best turnover ratio. They are plus 16. And, of course, they are tied for first with the most interceptions. They got some mean, mean corners there with uh, Barry, with Peters. So I'm really liking Kansas City. Down from there, a little cheap, sneaky play. 2,600 on DraftKings, 5,300 on FanDuel. Atlanta. Now, looking back in Vegas this year, as I said, they were often off how well Atlanta does. And because they score so many points, the opposition is forced to try to keep up. They're forced to throw. That means more sacks, chance for more fumbles, chance for more turnovers, and certainly more interceptions. Their D is bad. Uh, They invite people to shoot out. So I'm not looking for them to necessarily... Uh, score by keeping the points low. I'm looking for them to score, and as we know, 50% of defensive scoring comes from two statistical categories, fumbles and interceptions. So if you are forcing a team to pass and pass often, that's where you're going to try to capitalize. So if, indeed, Atlanta racks it up, Russell Wilson and Seattle are going to have to respond, and that could result in some turnovers and some defensive points for Atlanta. All right, I already uh, told you my what you talking about, Willis, play. So that's your basic rock-bottom price or within $500 of the site minimum. Terrence Williams is only 3100 on DraftKings facing Demarius Randall and the terrible Green Bay defense. So he's my what you talking about, Willis, play. Uh, I'm going to fade, honest to goodness, Roger, or I'm sorry, Roethlisberger. We know his stats. At home are fantastic, but his QBR rating plummets on the road. His TD interception ratio was like 8 to 9 on the road versus 20 to 5 at home. He sees some mean corners there, as I said, with Peters and with Barry. I really think Ro- uh, Roethlisberger could be in for a rough day, so I'm going to fade him, try to get some leverage off the field there because he's going to Arrowhead. I also might even fade. Mr. Dak, Uh, I think that's going to be a ball control game. Ground and pound, while I do like a couple of the cheap Dallas receivers in Cole Beasley and uh, Williams, I think Dallas is going to get it done behind that line and behind Zeke. That's where they're going to get it done. No better team to do the run than Dallas. And again, they're second in time of possession, not leaving a lot of scoring. Dak, he's been somewhat mediocre recently. Last six weeks, they're 17th in TD rate. They are, in the last six weeks, uh, excluding week 17, they are 20th in passing yards. In that same time, last six weeks, excluding week 17, they are 14th in total touchdown passes. So very mediocre as of late. It's going to be a Zeke game, so I'm going to fade both those quarterbacks. And my stack, I already kind of mentioned this, but I really think Tyreek Hill may be even aware in that Kansas City D could be sneaky. If all goes well, that's the the path to success is defense and running the ball. And you might be able to get a double dip there. If Tyreek Hill does indeed score a his fourth, which leads the league right now at three, return. TDs, if he gets his fourth, you're going to double dip and get points for uh, the wide receiver play and points for the defensive play. All right, guys, as I said, you're going to be able to stay tuned here, and you can hear the Pink Floyd song that played us in in its entirety. Again, that was a, not an often heard song entitled Gold, It's In The, with the question mark and that's off the obscured by clouds album so stay tuned for that this has been episode 61 of the pyrolite podcast we got one more week to go cuz we got one more week of dfs so until next week folks i will catch you on the flip side